David looks like shit. That's okay. the new that's the new opening. David, god damn it. What did you get hit by hit in the head by a hurricane? Ugh. Ugly. Gross. Welcome to Ponzi Scream. All right. You get hit by an ugly truck? My god. I I I I'm, Somebody, I'm here with Shock Jock radio host Danny Feltz and Uh, joining us is the very funny comedian <laughs> and editor in chief of Flex Magazine. Uh, oh, Millie, is that how you want me to introduce you? Sure. Okay. I mean, creator, just say creator. Creator. Creator of mm-hmm. Flex Magazine, Millie Tamarez. Welcome to the pod. Yes. Thank you. I also mm-hmm. would just like to say that I think you look great, Danny. I mean, David. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, look, I think David both of you guys. Like shit. No, I think both of you guys look great. I, I don't know. The, the uh, Yeah, I don't know. Thanks, Melanie. I don't know what this energy is, but I just want to say that it's not coming from me. No, it, no, it, no. Let, let's let's be 100% clear here. It's it's a purely uh, a very uh, attacking energy, me to David, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And based I, off of it, an inside joke that happened, what, three, four weeks ago at this point? Oh. <laughs> I don't know this inside yeah. joke. I don't know what he's talking. He's just he's just bullying me. That's just what bullies do. No, no, he oh, does. He no. does. He I, does. I don't know because David looked a little hurt when you first said he looked bad. So that's why I had to start this, you know, start set the tone and say that Thank if you. there's bullying happen <laughs> happening, it's not for me. Thank you. And also, I look like I got hit by a truck. So that's also, you know, I don't want to perpetuate anything where I can one day be the victim of. Millie, I think you look very nice. I like your nails, by the way. Those are... Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, blue. Um, that's like a royal, yeah, blue. royal blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like a royal blue, like a little Chase Bank blue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's very, that's like, that's indigo or something like that, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, indigo's the deepest. Yeah, Did you guys uh, see... I mean, Oh, what's your accent? Mm-hmm. By, what's your accent nail, by the way? What's that? Okay, so I have like a like a di- it's like a triangle. I had triangles on each of my nails, but it was too much, and okay. they got caught. Like th- it wasn't installed properly. Got caught on stuff. I I did like <laughs> I did have yeah. sex with someone the night that I got the nails, and it was just like <laughs> the, the guy's back was just all fucked up. Ooh, um, yeah. So yeah. I had to get we had to fix that. <laughs> That is no longer the case. The nails are so not just the accent. It's just the accent nail with a big. Um, it looks like an engagement uh, ring on your nail. Yeah, that's that is also what the person I had sex with said. It looks like what my it looks like my mom's wedding ring. On oh your nail. hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. Um, Way to bring your so. mo- his mom into that. God damn man, not you cool, know man. what? Let me tell you something with men and their Oedipus complexes. Yeah. Complexi. <laughs> What's the plural of complex? Complexi. Yeah. <laughs> Complexes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I know. It's like why are you bring up your mom? Also, I'm so sorry about your back. <laughs> 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 Did not mean for that. No, it's fine. I'm just like imagining um, like a like it looks like like a cat like found like a piece of fish in his back and is just scratching into it or something like that. Um, yeah. no, but I did see it wasn't that bad. And it also was like fine by the morning. But it one time I did go to a public pool 
and there was a guy who literally looked like he fucked Wolverine, like across his back, <laughs> like like all these scratches, and he's at like a public pool, and like just the <laughs> positioning of the scratches, like it's like yo, I know. And then the girl that he was with, I was like, she's just this, like little, little, tiny little thing, and I'm like. Damn. Okay. <laughs> what is going on there? She's got like a she's got like a spank, you know, prints yeah, on her ass prints or on some her shit. Ass. <laughs> yeah. She's just she's just slowly humming in the background, like. Yeah. She's yeah yeah. That's yeah. good, man. Uh, so yeah, welcome to Ponzi Scheme Podcast, where we talked about people getting. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ponzi screen. Yeah. Uh, so here we are with Millie. Millie uh, recently shared some experiences about getting fucked over. Uh, and uh, Millie, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just want to preface this by saying, like, it's taken me a long time to even be able to talk about it. Like, I'm at, like, a good place and, like, kind of zen about it now. But... When I was um in college, I went to a college to like a private liberal arts college. Same. What's first up? of all, first one, first one in my family to really go to like a pro- I'm one of six kids. I'm number five. Okay. Nice. Um, thank you. Um, well, my one sister went to med school in Dominican Republic, so uh, it's just different there. It's cheaper. We have yeah. property there. My fa- my family owned a house. They the money that they use for rent would right. go to my sister's tuition. Right. My other, my brother went to the mill. like Mar, my brother was like kind of in and out of jail. Mm-hmm. Um, or not yeah. in it, but you know, he was in jail. So like there was different, my other sister went to the military, like, which is basically one of the only ways like for people of color in this country to become middle class, um, right. or like upper middle class. And then my other brother, so I'm five, number five or six. My brother before me went to hair school. So mm-hmm. I was really like the first one to go like actually, you know, college, right? Like, right. Yeah, you know, a, tra- four a year. traditional four-year institution situation. Yeah, I was, you know what I mean? Because, you know, and, um, you know, my parents, so, you know, my parents met, my parents met in the U.S. like, in New York, in Washington Heights in the 70s. Like, oh, cool. Just a completely different, you know, that's not what they were doing. They were, they're yeah. like, all, uh, and, you know, even going back. Yeah. Just some crazy shit where my parents were. So I wouldn't have to go that far, but <laughs> I mean, whatever. So it's just like, it's not like they had experience. They didn't have any wealth. They, they're figuring out credit. They're doing shit. They're small business owners. They have a bunch of shit going on. So it's just like, and just everyone was just like, go to college, go to college, go to college. No right. one talks about anything besides just go to college right exactly so i get it yeah yeah, i go to college i um go to this school that's um a private liberal arts college uh my second year my sophomore year they make tuition free for people whose families make under um if you're if your families make under sixty thousand dollars a year you're um you get free tuition Wow. Oh, nice. All right. All right. Um, all right. Yeah. Um, and we'll just say that my mom had a good tax guy, so I got right to it. <laughs> can, <laughs> you, can, say, you, can you say the college or are, are yeah, you? Yeah, Soka uh, University. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. Yeah. Where is it? Soka University. Okay. It's um, a small liberal arts college in Orange County, California. 
Oh, so oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, known for Orange County, known for its progressive economics, you know. Oh yeah, just like God, <laughs> well, Reagan I will say, and, you know, yeah, I know. Fuck, I will say that the college is cool. The college, like, because I grew up Buddhist. The college is like kind of based off the principles of Buddhism. Mm. It's not like a, it's not a non-secular college. Like it is secular in that it's not religious, supposed to be, you know what I mean? Wait, you, but grew, they up, do, you grew up practicing Buddhism? Yeah, by both my parents, yeah. Amazing. Oh, Before wow. I was born. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they have like mandatory study abroad and all these like really cool things. And we got wow. a lot, because of our ties with the Buddhist organization, that I grew up practicing, we got a lot of endowments. So that's how they were able to do free tuition oh, for um, low-income people. Oh, okay. But tuition does not include room and board. Room and board was right. $10,000 a year. Woo! And, um, you know, it's you can't live off campus. They don't you let you live off campus? They don't let you. It's, like, very difficult to live off campus. And then you would need a car. And then it's Orange County. It's it's not a cheap place. You know right. what I mean? It's not like, so it's kind of like, okay, tuition is free, but basically you have to live on campus and eat the food here. And neither of those are cheap. So, um, what ended up happening was I could get away with, you know, like they have like the, the, the federal student loans, but then one year, like I filled out, I filled out paperwork like poorly. Or I didn't do it right. I missed the cutoff. And then, I was on the hook for like the full semester, like what? for $20,000. Like I completely mm. fucked it up and <laughs> I know. And then the it's school. So cr- it's so fucked up because like when you're 19 years old, like everyone at 19 is a perfect financial analyst. Like that's just. <laughs> it's and just I just didn't know. You know. I saw emails and I just wasn't, you know, I was just living my life. You're like, not, yeah, you're I not. was like, I was an idiot. You know, I, I, I will also say like the whole system, like, I fucked up and I didn't like wasn't on top, but like also just, you know. No, it's not. Don't that's blame like. Fuck I that. mean, I'm not trying to blame you know for that specific thing of like not getting paperwork on time. It's just tough. Like, it wasn't. You know, I mean, my parents are great and stuff, but like, they're ch- they're checked out by the time I was in high school. Like, they're not <laughs> yeah, really no, trying to be parents anymore. Like, they have yeah, five. Yeah. You know shit, what I like, mean? Shit like that changes so quickly. And the 19, I think people forget, like if you're 18 or 19, truly most of the time you don't have a grasp of the world. I went to a Domino's one time and there was a guy from some kind of bank who was literally like, sign up for a credit card and we'll give you a free pizza. And I did it. Yeah. And I never used the credit <laughs> card. But every time I look at my credit score, I'm like, what the fuck is this Chase Manhattan thing? And I'm like, it's that fucking credit card from literally 14 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you wow. know, that's so weird. It just yeah. follows you. It follows you and they don't care. You know what I mean? Like they just, you know, it, it just sucks. Like, um, and totally. so anyway, yes. so you, so you so, messed yes. up this one, pay, one semester and you're on the hook for 20 K something like, so then, I, so then the school was telling me the school was like, okay, you have to get a loan or you're going to get kicked out. And like the way that my school was, my, my school, it wasn't, it, it was a tough school. Like it had a great education, like really small class sizes, like 
I was one of 10 people, seven people. I've had independent studies where it was just me and the professor. So, like, I think it was worth it. But at the same time, like, you can't really transfer credits. Like, if you fucking drop out, like, you basically have to start over. Like, it's wow. really difficult to, to, to transfer and shit just because of how it was at the time. So, um, and they, they gave me a list. And then, um, basically, my older sister uh had good enough credit to co-sign and my parents kind of pressured her to co-sign so my sister became a co-signer this loan this is your and sister in the military no this is my sister who went to med school in dr oh gotcha, gotcha. so okay. my so my parents were kind of like look like we don't have good credit our shit is all fucked up because it was 2009 yeah. and my yeah, parents oh, were small business owners in florida like they had lost businesses they're really going through it they're on the brink of divorce my parents got divorced after that Fuck. after 35 years of marriage um and so basically they pressured my sister because they you know they were to my sister like look like you don't have any debt because we paid off your med school like immediately like you mm -hmm. you don't have any debt like you kind of fucking owe this to us and you said that you would help us out with our other you know it it put my sister in a difficult position but she like said yes, whatever, and she co-signed it, whatever. And like I didn't know anything. Dude, I graduated college. It was like still difficult to get a job. And like I did, I, you know, I tried to live in Florida after I graduated. There's no jobs in Florida unless you want to be a hotel, like work in a hotel or like wipe old people's asses. You there's no work yeah. for you. Yeah, like yeah. there's nothing. Um, so I did you th did so you want to stay in California at all? No, fuck California. Well, for me, I <laughs> yeah. was like, I well, for me, it was like, I kind of moved, went to college to run away from Florida. Like all the shit that I hated about Florida, like the slow pace, the like, you know, nobody, you know, I was really type A and like no one was really trying, you know, I, I see my friends and no one was really trying to like get out of the situation or I would come home and I'd hang out with my friends. I'm like, yo, what's up? And they're like, yo, what's up? What's good? I'm like, yo, what have you been doing? They're like, no, you know, just chilling. And I'm like, dog, it's been six months. What are you talking about? <laughs> and like, also too, like not even that, like not even like that's kind of like a mean assessment and the, like the more real assessment that I have of after like 10 years, like, or whatever, looking back, I was one of the, even though I have this crippling student loan, I was one of the lucky ones because I'm seeing my friends. I graduated college. My friends cannot graduate an associate's degree because they're, you know, they're working full time. They're supporting other people in their family and they have, they're doing community college. It's even, I feel like community college is even harder because at least in like a four-year college, everyone's at school. You're in that environment, whatever. But right. like, it's so easy, especially if you're on call, like the on-call system is so fucked up in this country of like, okay, you don't know if you're on schedule. So it's like, how can you sign up for classes or tutoring or anything? So yeah, like, yeah, they're yeah. in this, a lot of them are in this trap and would take them like five years, six years to get a two-year degree. I have friends yeah. who still haven't finished their two-year degree, you know? And like Yo, basically the ones the same that- thing, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, I still was, anyway, so, um, whatever, $20,000 loan, I, basically what ends up happening is that my monthly payments end up being like $350, and I was, and, and like, it, there was rocky starts, like, when I first, I just didn't understand the repercussions of, like, not paying a student loan, and my credit was shit, 
for yeah. like years and my sister would, and I wouldn't tell my sister because my sister is a bitch and she's like <laughs> my sister's a bitch man she's not, person's gonna be a bitch about it <laughs> no she's gonna be like she's not somebody who you know no one sat me down like look you have to pay this because this is what happens and this is how it's gonna affect me and this is how it's gonna affect the rest of your life I never had that talk I had to kind of like learn that you know yeah. and just a bunch of other stuff. Like, I don't even know if you want to get into the other things in my life. When I first got a real job and I had, a, like, a job where I had to go on business trips and they wanted me to, like, expense everything. And I was like, I don't even have a credit card. Like, what's going on? You know, mm -hmm. and all that oh, stuff. God, like, yeah. that's how I had to learn, like, all this shit. And oh, then yeah. I have a sister who's like, you're ruining my credit. You're ruining my life. I should have never. You suck. You suck. You suck. You suck. Like, you fucking are so irresponsible. I can't. And, like. All of this, all of, like, the student loans living in New York City trying to, like, eat while also, like, trying to be a comedian and, like, have this creative thing and, like, having student loans, like, weigh on my decisions and stuff. And then it would get, you know, I think um the pandemic, like, it was always something that was weighing on me. And basically, like, a few years ago, you know, my sister would just get, honestly, like, an would just get these like breaks where she just feels like and on at a certain point it's like projecting you know I'm not being sure. like transparent but like she kind of views like your student loans have prevented me from doing anything in my life I can't buy a house because of your student loans I can't do this and for a long time I believed her like fuck like I'm such a fuck up I haven't paid anything I haven't done anything I ruined her life she has two kids She's she's getting she got divorced like she wants to purchase a house and she can't because of my student loans and I ruined it and like you okay. know and she just like you like her divorce though yeah yeah <laughs> took a long time like the, you know therapy or whatever to feel like right. no she's projecting like like it's not my fault and like also like she didn't have to you, you know she didn't have to sign it if she you know she could have looked at the terms too like we both didn't know and it was just a predatory loan. Uh, what she ended up happening, uh, so in the pandemic, you know, she, she's, she, I think in a sense of desperation, she has two kids in like a two bedroom apartment, Andrew Yang, uh, <laughs> teaching Andrew Yang, she's teaching, she's working, she's stressed. And then she would just channel all of her shit to me and send me these really, really terrible text messages of like, you are the fucking worst person in the world. You ruined my life with these loans. You ruined my life. Like, just really cutting in a time where, like, I was, you know, it's a fucking pandemic. I'm like, I'm unemployed. I don't know what the fuck. I've been paying them off. Like, it's, like, and then basically since 2016, I was paying them all on time. But I was not seeing my, my, my it, like, uh, the principal have a debt. Like, it would just yeah. always stay the same. It was like 27000 27000 And I was like, what? Then I started getting financial counseling with this nonprofit and the nonprofit. And I just shared them like, look, I'm really trying to refinance my loans or, and get my sister off. I don't even care. Like if I'm going to pay these loans for the rest of my life, like it is what it is at this point. I've been paying them for so long. I just don't want to have any ties to my sister. All like we have a terror. We used to be like very close and talk on, uh, on the phone for an hour every week. And I would go see your kids and stuff. And like now, like I don't, talk to her like we haven't talked in years like wow. it's terrible it really yeah. fucked up i mean but it's also i mean it's the loan but it's also other things too yeah. of like how how we're dealing with these things and but stuff like, and at a life point, is already hard enough like you don't need life this is on hard top exactly you don't need this on top so then what ended up happening was through financial counseling i'm just like i'm paying and then 
really like she's like hey can you go through and get like the loan terms and i had never sat down and looked at them i haven't sat. i never sat down and looked the interest rate i was just keeping my head above water and with the with the pandemic they froze payments so there was like six or seven months where i wasn't paying at all because they weren't letting they they were letting everyone pause and in that time i was looking through my loans and it was like yo when the when the financial advisor saw the interest rate she called her supervisor which called the cfo of the non like the financial nonprofit because <laughs> they were like in shock they said it was the worst most predatory loan they've seen in their career can you say how much the interest rate was the interest rate for one was like and it's variable right so it's like whatever every day like 10.1 on one and 10.5 on the other like Jesus. two interest rates. so basically on student loans, I, and, on and, student and loans. The institution wells fargo there it is oh, yeah. wells fargo there it is so what ended up happening was when we looked and we investigated um and this was like months into like financial advising of like we're paying off we're pay and um I had paid off $33,000 of this $20,000 loan already and Whoa. I still owed I still owed $17,000. <laughs> That's insane. That's insane, right? So yeah, that yeah. So Wait, so, I'm sorry. I need you to repeat those numbers again. Say them again. I t so in 2009 I took out $20,000. Right. Right? Yes. I paid off $30,000. $33,000. I've paid off already. Whoa. Okay. I've paid it off. I still owe $17,000. <laughs> yeah. So it had said effectively you even though you've paid $30,000, you effectively have only 33. paid 10 10% of it because you know if you take like I guess 3,000 minus 20,000. So yeah, yeah. That's insane. That's in, that's <laughs> Yeah, and it's in 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 it's was it one? Of, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, the minimum payment for this is mm -hmm. three hundred and something, mm -hmm. and when you, uh, you know, take those out, you're just sort of like, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm going to do, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And then the but the minimum payment is just covering interest. It's not covering principal, so I'm just paying interest every fucking month for the rest of my fucking life. And mm -hmm. then and then I tried to refinance earlier and. They just said, you know, obviously I don't have enough income or say, you know, or, you know, my credit score was uh, like a little under 700 mm -hmm. and I had like two months worth of, you know, whatever. I had like six or seven thousand dollars in savings and it wasn't like they're like, no, you're too much of a risk to refinance because I was refine. I was looking into refinancing somewhere where I had two percent interest rate. Right. Um. And that, that first of all, just the, the the numbers that you put out there where you're just sort of like, yeah, I have several grand in the save in savings and I have a reasonable credit score at like when you said those numbers, I was like, hmm, have I ever seen or owned seven thousand dollars? Well, you know, just, it's honestly financial yeah. advising I've never yeah, yeah. had before, but uh, like having a financial advisor like uh, like. I hate and like money would always stress me out and all this stuff. And I just like, yeah. Oh, I'm bad at it. I'm bad at it. I don't know. And literally it's just somebody I talk to once a week or once every other week, we go through all my things. She gives me a plan. 
this and that. Okay, these are your goals. Let's work towards it. Okay, and like even too, like, okay, I'm going to go home for Christmas. She's like, okay, do you have a budget for, you know, how much you're going to spend? And I'm like, oh, what? You know, (laughs) and like keeping me on, you know, and like rethinking this way and like, so, you know, other stuff like that, like just no one taught me. So, and like no one teaches. So that's like, but honestly, I, I only have that because of her and it still wasn't enough to get refinanced. But what I've yeah. been doing now, what we've been doing now for the past few months is just paying off like $1,000, $3,000, you know, just cutting, 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 cutting. Wow. And like, we're getting it now. I only owe like close to, you know, um, I'm, you know, I'm only owning like, basically what we want to do is get it. Cause there's two loans. There's like, mm-hmm. um, Two separate loans, like one I got for seven eight thousand, and one I got for twelve thousand or thirteen thousand or seven thousand and thirteen thousand. Both Wells Fargo. I mean, I have pro- I have public federal loans, but those are like way easier to like work with. They're way more forgiving with forbearance. Like I only, you know, and that's a whole other issue. But like this is all like private loans. Which when we're talking about canceled student loan debt, no one's talking about private loans. They're right. only talking about public loans, which is a whole other thing. But um, yeah. basically, I mean, um, the, the federal government doesn't have the authority to cancel private student loan debt. They just, but they should have the fucking authority to make what the fuck I signed illegal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. There definitely, there definitely is a sense of, I mean, of, la- of culpability where it's just sort of like, what do you mean people can still do this? This is insane. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, there was that was only predatory. It, it's only predatory. So, so. Um, basically like my, like my strategy now is paying off chunks. Like I'm almost down to paying off one and then have another one. And then with the other one, by the time, by the time I have the other one, like, I I just haven't even been paying more than the principal or the interest on one because it's just been whatever. But basically like my credit score, my savings will be so high that they can't say no and refinance that one loan and that'll be a lot easier but so that's like the actual loan thing like up to date but since then you know um since i found out i was just so angry i couldn't even like i didn't even tell my sister this because i didn't want to hear from her like i just don't engage but like it was something that i had to process through a lot of um through therapy and stuff and it it really did fuck me up and like i you know i i signed with a manager like a comedy manager and like just all these things that were coming up of like contracts and stuff, like it just made me so anxious because I'm like, what am I really signing? What am I getting into? Like, totally. what the fuck? Yeah. You know, and that it affects you finding that out. And then, um, but it was also validating in a way. I mean, having the financial advisor be like, this is the worst thing. You're not a bad person. You have been paying this off. I want you to know. And like, I know you're angry and like, you know, and work through that, but also like, you're, you you know you, we have to let it go at some point like we can't be like whatever pushed by the anger and um but like she was on these calls where like we were trying to figure out because there was one month where i paid $3000 off of a student loan and um i only saw my my principal balance go down by $1000 or something and then crazy. we yeah <laughs> we and then we called and she was on the phone with me and they made, and then and then, um, like we called to be like, how, why is it like I paid $3,000? Like, 
why and then then they're like well when you were on forbearance for covid we accrued interest every day that you had forbearance what so no my god the villain yeah Yeah. so you have to pay down that interest first and then we can start paying so and i just snapped i snapped and then i said like you guys are you guys will never fucking see heaven you guys are like the most predatory. Yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah. You, you the, this is the most predatory shit. Fuck. And like they couldn't, they had to stop answering my question. They escalated it 15 times, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I got all this run around. They sent letters to my house and basically they lowered my interest rate on both loans by 0.5%. Or like by, yeah, point, yeah, by 0.5%. So like now instead of 10% loan, I have like 9.5% and the other one's like 10. So I had to custom out to get a fucking reduction on the, you know, and then they're like, fuck you guys. And I fucking freaked out. And uh, yeah, and like I escalated it or I tweeted about it and like all these people, you know, I got some traction and then it got escalated to complaint department and that's how that happened. And then like, they were on kind of alert with me and stuff and it was so crazy and i'm just like yo fuck you guys like you guys are fucking the biggest pieces of shit you guys exploit communities of color fuck you and then like i feel like they're on red alert with me and like listen i'm not even i wish i had like a hundred thousand followers or 50 i you know i only have like seven thousand whatever like and, and um but they somehow got a little shook Cause they sent me an, a a letter the other day that was like, "Uh, hi Millie, we realized that we overcharged you by five dollars in 2017, so we are crediting that to your account." These niggas are shook. <laughs> Fuck you. These, these. Um, yeah, I was just like, so, but yeah, I mean, honestly, it took two months. Like, from the time that I found out, like, how much I overpaid and everything, like, it took me some months to, like, process, you know. And, like, even with my therapist, I was talking, like, I'm so angry. Like, I want to turn it into something and help people. And, like, you know, that's kind of what I do in comedy. Like, basically, all this shit that happens to me, I, like, make jokes and try to. But, like, I was just so angry. I couldn't. Nothing was coming out. And then my, (laughs) my therapist was like, I feel like you need to really, like, process this and like what's happened to you and understand and then you and i'm like are you telling me to process my emotions before i like publicly go through a tweet about that <laughs> what the yeah. fuck is your problem have you, know? you been to an open mic doctor <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but i have processed it and i have you know what i mean so that's why i'm able to talk about it now i haven't like been able i and honestly every time i talk about it I talked about it on the I, I do the Betches Sup podcast. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and I got I, I did on Friday. I did, you know, I just shared like not nothing that I shared with y'all. I'm sharing way more with y'all about like just the context and what got me to sign the loan. But I just shared about like the numbers and stuff. And I got like five DMs from different people that you know, and honestly, I mean, you know, women. Who are like, I was so ashamed. This is the same thing happened to me. This is so far. I know it, it's I, I say women because like this pandemic has affected women. You know, women sure. are losing their jobs more and all this stuff. Is that so, like, right? I didn't know that. Oh yes. Women like what is it? What 150 we've gotten we've lost like what is it, a hundred and fifty 
40,000 jobs or something like that. And all of them are women. And like the new jobs that have opened up since the pandemic has started has been all men. Or It's some crazy number. Like, because, you know, women are the caregivers, all this. It's all this other stuff. But that's yeah, not lost yeah. on me either, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, like. COVID is a it, predator. COVID is a predator. I mean, that's, you know. COVID is a predator. Poverty is the pre-existing condition. Right. You know, woman's a pre-existing condition. Right. It's so fucked up. Everything's so... Yeah, so it's just... It's fucking hard and, like... It's hard to... Um, it was... You know, I had a lot of anger uh, about a lot of shit in my life because it just wasn't fair to me that I have this... You know, even before I knew how predatory it was, it was unfair to me to, like, be doing comedy and, like, be grinding and hustling and having to work like a nine to five or doing whatever stupid ass gigs just to be in the same running as somebody whose dad did whatever the fuck and they don't have to work, you know. I would and love it. Yeah. I would love it if like you're at an open mic and you like see your student loan predator like at the mic, you know, like well, the person who's like issuing you the loan like is like going up on stage, you know, like that would be. That would, well, be what rich. I said what I said, I, I tweeted about, when I tweeted about this, I was just like, hey, like, this is the article. Um, fuck Betsy DeVos because Betsy DeVos has, like, active, because she owns Sophie, which is yeah. one of the refi the biggest refinancing companies in the country. Um, so she has actively, like, blocked anything that tries to forgive student loan debt. Fucked up. And then, or, and then um, I said, you know, one of my fantasies is that I'm out in one of these New York nights where, which happens often, where it's like you start at a bar, you go to this place, you go to that place, you end up in some rich guy's house, yep. you're doing a bunch of cocaine, and then you <laughs> send, so, somehow it comes out that his mom or dad is the CEO of Wells Fargo, and I beat the shit out of him, <laughs> and I fuck up his apartment, and fuck up everything, and like, Make it so he can't fucking call the cops on me, and then I just go on to my day. Like I like it's just on site. Like anybody. When you, when you hold on, when you say <laughs> make it so he can't call the cops, that means kill him, right? That that's, that's no, <laughs> like have some compromising information oh, okay. or yeah. like steal some, you know, like steal something, blackmail or yeah. So blah, kidnap blah, blah, blah. him, kidnap him, and like take photos or of him. Or just be like, yeah. Photos. Yeah, exactly. yeah, dude. You know, just I mean, that's there's so, many, there's so many of those big buildings where they get that those giant like floor to wall uh, windows. I mean, there is a very there's something very visceral and like plosive. Uh, if someone just threw through a window down twenty stories, uh, it's very, it's very, um, it's very. Uh, also, I will say, I had a very visceral response. When I you mentioned uh, hearing uh, go like having a full time job and still doing comedy and stuff because uh, ever since the pandemic has ha happened, uh, I mean I I was doing comedy for ten years essentially, and I was just sort of like I'm just gonna step away from it for now and just have that be that continue to do Uber Eats deliveries and bike messenger shit because that's my job right now. But I will tell you what, every week or so. And maybe you've had the same experience, but every week or so, I will pick up on some tiny little micro detail from an acquaintance or a friend of a friend 
where I'll just be like, oh, that person is rich and they've yeah. been rich the entire time. Yeah. It is, it's really strange. It's always out of left field. Like I obviously won't name names, but there's been situations where I'm like, what you're telling me this person who I thought got by on the merits of their success alone has like a dad who's a CEO of like a major like soybean company or something like that. And oh, I, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? Like I've had to process that. I mean, that's just the reality of living in New York of like, and I've had to process that so many times and, and I've had to let go of that anger towards those people because what I've, I've realized a few things. Well, first of all, my friend, Alexis Pereira, my friend, he brings up that like in the seventies and stuff, rich kids, like they'd get a mansion and have all their friends live with them for free and just like bankroll all their friends for whatever until yeah. they like got a house and kids. Right. But now what the, what rich people what? do is like cost is that for real. Like, this is what he's saying. Like, he's like, in the back of the day, you would just bankroll all your friends and they would all kind of crash at your house and live with you. Now, all like rich people cosplay as poor, like, you know, in the city, Mm -hmm. like young creative artists, like where before artists would get bankrolled by some rich guy, whatever. Mm -hmm. Two, what I realized is I had all this anger and stuff, but in my, like, when I first found that out, because I'm just used to... Frankly speaking, I'm used to like my family being one of the more well-off, you know, because we were like stri- like kind of middle class. We owned businesses. Like I have friends who really had a hard time growing up. So, um, sure. like I, I think uh, when I first started out in comedy, it was hard for it. That was a hard realization, and I had a lot of anger towards rich people. But as I've done like my tenure in like the years, I found that like. They may not have the struggles that I have to to get to the same places, but like being rich or well connected just opens doors, but it doesn't keep you things. And there's a lot of people that I see that have money and have all this stuff and do not do shit with it or like they have no grit. Um, They have no grit. And like as soon as the first rejection or the first thing happens, like they kind of give up and you know what I mean? They they don't eat. They don't know how to eat shit. Which is necessary, even if you do have money, you still have to eat shit and you'll still be rejected all the time. I mean, there's also um, like a fuck ton of rich people whose kids move to New York. And so it's not like a determinant necessarily of like you end up being successful. There's still like some competition to a degree. Yeah. And like what? Yeah. Like they don't have. um yeah, they don't have the obstacles. It's harder. But then, yeah, like but there's not, the obviously setbacks there's like, don't hit don't hit as much. Like their little setback, you know, because I know people who um, they were rich. I was on a team with them, blah, 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 like an improv team. And then they got on UCB mm-hmm. and, and they get cut and they just quit comedy. Like they just, ha- just don't do it again. And it's, it's just weird. like, yeah, but like, I'm just like, oh, I don't have that up. You know, like I'm just always going to do this until it, it works out. For, you know what I mean? So sure. that's like what I say about r- rich people in the the thing is like i've seen and well-connected people that like it doesn't necessarily mean your success you still have to work somewhat hard and or and be nice like yeah that's that's the weird actually that is the, the oddest part is like there are some people i've met who are like incredibly nice too and like uh that that puts them so much farther in mm-hmm. that and then and with the irony still being, it's just sort of like, oh man, you like came from like a really good family still. So 
But I, but I think you're right too. Is that it's best not to dwell on it too much because it is a bit of a, it is a bit of a black hole. It, it always, it always just catches me, uh, uh, like in this weird as this weird sidewinder. Like whenever it happens, because it, in, it happens in like oddly creative ways sometimes. Like the lack of creativity that can happen with those people manifests itself in how the, the it, this obvious and very prominent step forward has helped them you know it it's it's i i'm like well, i said it's like you 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 find out that someone's like incredibly like very funny like they're they're successful in that way but you're just like oh yeah but you still had all the stuff happening that helped you in the in the way uh in along the way rather. Mm-hmm. well for me I, my dad got rich like five years ago so that's what made me really interested in actually kind of like pivoting to financial journalism because I saw how much, I mean, we grew up like comfortably middle-class in Kansas city and then, but then my dad got rich and things have just changed for that. Like their lifestyle has like very much changed. And like my dad was able to pay for me to go to grad school. And so I went to grad school and then I got interested in financial journalism because I was like, this is just so different. And there's just a lot of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just getting me to like learn how to, I just wanted to explore how insane and I don't know, frankly, fucked up this whole system is because mm-hmm. it's yeah. like when you told me, when I saw your tweet that like Wells Fargo was your lender, like Wells Fargo has had one of the most like predatory five years of like any major financial institution. That's a thing of a lot. And I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm comparing that's like, Deutsche Bank, like the pedophile yeah. bank, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> like it is. Yeah. Wells Fargo has first off, there's been a couple changes. So back in like 2015, they had this big scandal where they had all these yes. private customer bank accounts, mm-hmm. and these private customer bank accounts were basically they would add on all these. They a lot. They had these sales quotas that their salespeople had to meet for their consumer accounts and they would create redundant accounts for people without telling them okay and all that would because they had to meet these quotas from these middle management people with no way of figuring out how they could do that and then after that they would just screw over all these people's accounts and all of a sudden people owed all you know they were totally defaulting or you know going uh you know kind of in the in the red on all these accounts that led to this huge scandal Blown wide up, uh, their CEO is like facing criminal, like had to leave, facing criminal charges. Uh, so, Millie, when you're talking about like seeing the Wells Fargo CEO at a party, like uh, that kid's not telling their friends that their dad used to be the CEO of Wells Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> his dad Anybody. like might his dad like might be spending time in like Jared Kushner's prison cell. Like it's good. Yeah, yeah. Wells Fargo has had a weird history. I'm actually a Wells Fargo customer too, which is I mean it's funny because in New York City you don't see as many people with Wells Fargo. They do. It is so funny. Like keep him th- like, and I, you'll probably find this funny too. Like there is. You know, Wells Fargo, you go to San Francisco, you go to Seattle, you go to Portland, you see, you see branches all over the place. There is not one Wells Fargo branch in all of Brooklyn or Queens. No. What it's the just in the fuck city. Are you, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what is, it's like, you it's guys Chase, are, this is Chase, honey. 
yeah, is yeah. Chase's turf. Yeah. yeah, it's like you you guys are corrupt. You're giving people these terrible loans, and you're not even playing by the act like the the rules of capitalism. Like somebody in some dark room was told Wells Fargo CEO, "You fucking step foot in in in, in like two of these five boroughs." that you're going out a window. I'm defenestrating your ass. You know, like and they <laughs> and they and they listen. There isn't there isn't one, you know. Uh in which is a hilarious. I mean, whenever I have to withdraw money, it's always like I guess I'm going to go to Manhattan today <laughs> or or like yeah. I I have to I have to make a trip. But they they were and they have had this very odd like cursed existence, you know. They Going into the financial collapse of 2008, they were seen as a stable thing. You know, there was obviously Washington Mutual went under uh, mm-hmm. during that time. Tons of banks went under at that time. Well, Wells Fargo sort of stayed somewhat consistent. But sometime around 2012, 2013, what David's referring to, their sales practice ramped up. So their bankers had to open all these bank accounts or basically were pressured into doing so. Because Wells Fargo CEO was just making up numbers. Like, you know, you think about a banker, like, what's their job? They're a banker. Well, I, they're not just a banker. They're a sales associate. Yes. Like, That's they're right. selling something. Mm. And and it, to an extent, it's like, it's like I, I blame the CEOs and everybody up top. It's like, I, I don't really look at the bankers and, and, and like, cast too many aspersions to them. I mean, I'm sure there are some bad actors there that are, like, but how much control do you have they're so strict like exactly yeah yeah (laughs) my friend worked it was so funny my friend um she used to work at chase but even for her because again these are like my friends from south florida who Mm -hmm. like you know are not rich at all like struggling struggling to even get an associate's degree and like for them not to work retail or restaurant like Oh, I want to work Wells Fargo. They offer eleven dollars an hour, or or, or Chase. Could they offer eleven dollars an Jesus. hour instead of seven seventy five, or some shit like that? So I remember, you know, one summer or something, we were all hanging out, and like, she had a job at Chase, and she was excited they were offering twelve dollars an hour or something. But then they had like a piss test um, situation, <laughs> which is like, why does a fucking bank teller need a piss test? Like, and we had to get it. What ended up happening? I mean, I think this is genius, but we got like our friend's little sister to piss in a condom, and we we tied it up <laughs> yeah. and we put it in a Ziploc bag and put she put it in between her titties so it'll stay warm. And <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> yeah she, got she got the job. And I'm like, yo, but what if it's like if the piss is like full of lube she's like i just had sex an hour ago that's what i would have said like and she's uh, like okay like but she got work? The, and like yeah no she got the job she <laughs> got yeah. the job but Fuck but yeah. like even but i'm just saying so like even that was like a lot for a fucking cashier job and then what Ridiculous. ends up happening like they, they they are so fucking regulated like cashiers like if somebody's like out of work or like or when they close the bank, you, somebody you have to leave premises within like five minutes. Like so, let's say for example, I have to I had to go pick her up from work. Like I could not be ten minutes later; she could get fired. Cause like they're like, oh, you uh, like heist? You can heist us, or you're looking at the co-. you know what I mean? Like Whoa. they're so regulated like that. So just to like reinforce what you were saying, Danny, that like mm-hmm. yeah, like they have so they're so heavily regulated in these bank teller jobs that they're gonna do whatever. Well, what's crazy about it is like the banks basically after the financial crisis. And by the way, 
Wells Fargo has paid $18 billion in fines for misconduct since the financial crisis, and their profits last year alone from, I think, 2019 was $20 billion, okay? Yeah. So yeah. just, and, and, and those penalties that they're having to pay, there's no interest on that, okay? Um, so, but anyways, that is beside the point. After the financial crisis, what they create is these systemically important financial institutions that instead of breaking them up, they increase the regulation on them to the extent that every single thing that they do is so scrutinized and so overregulated that it's they have these special rules about how they have to like behave and in, in, in what their conduct is. And it's like, I'm pretty sure it's Wells Fargo, but and a few other like of these huge financial institutions have to do this. It's not really capitalism at that point. This is just no. like no. insanely like in and, and I and I'm using the word capitalism as like a good thing, but like this is not there's no competition whatsoever. Mm. And there's no also public ownership of the profits either. That's all privately held. So it's mm. the worst of both worlds. There's no competition and no one's making any money off of it. So it's just it, it's just this weird, very strict management of a like private corporation that's just constantly gonna look for and frankly succeed in finding loopholes. They're always going to find some yeah. loopholes to all this sort of shit because there's no competition to create this sort of like, you know, small D democracy that capitalism is supposed to provide. But it's also not, you know, there's there's no it's not, it's not like a nonprofit either. So they're just going to make a fuck ton of money off of all of us forever. Uh, I know. And like, I just think about it, too. Like when you th when you're saying like 20 billion a year, I'm just like. Dude, like, these $350 a month, like, are so huge for me. You know what I Yo, mean? And, like, my God. it's, yeah. like, such a drop in the bucket for these fucking people. Yes. Like, they don't, they won't even fucking, and I'm just like, yo, just cancel it at this point. Just can't, just delete my shit, dog. Like, it's not that fucking serious. <laughs> I yep. paid more, like, I paid $13,000 more. Just let it go. Why are you guys yeah. holding on to grudges? And it's just and a number on thing. a paper. It's just, like, a number on a paper that they're never going to see. And, like, all of this I don't know. Anyways, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. Um, and just just so y'all know, too, like, my college is, you know, really great or whatever. And, like, whatever. There's a lot of good things. But, like, in a lot of ways, like, the hiring practices are really fucked up. And I'm really angry at my college because they made me sign up for this fucking loan. And what I found out later was that... Um, after you become, after you go to college in California for one year, you become a California resident. And then they have mm. this thing for low income people called the Cal Grant, where you yeah. can get up to $10,000 on, um, on financial aid help. But what I was told by the, the admission or the like financial aid office at my school from the head guy was that, oh, the Cal Grant will only cover tuition it doesn't cover room and board and i'm like well tuition's paid for so i'm not gonna fill out this extra form right for some shit that i'm and lo and behold like a few that that guy got like doesn't work there anymore and then now they find out like actually cal grants do cover room and board so i could have actually <laughs> got to college for completely free and not have any debt or at least you know had a way less debt 
Totally. Um, had, you know, we had competent people working in the office. And not the yeah. interest rates, which is the really horrible part about it. That's the worst thing is that you've you've already exceeded your principal almost 150 percent or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Over 150 yeah. percent. And and you're still owed. You're still owed 17K. It's nuts. Yeah. They, they've sort of not they haven't broken a law per se by like technical standards, but. What they have succeeded in, at least so far, so far, um, and many companies have succeeded in in this sort of um, in, in this tactic, is the re-emphasizing uh, of we don't really need to charge this much. We're charging this you to you this much. This is insane. All the taking that and then moving it over to the like personal responsibility corner yes which is like there are big companies that are doing this shell is a big one they were obviously or not obviously but I, I don't know if you know this but like in 2006 they were the ones who came up with the term carbon footprint that mm. that was them well, I thought because, that was BP. well whatever a big a big gas company uh <laughs> that they they came up with that you know and uh i think people don't even realize what it's doing to culture as a whole i mean when you described the uh relationship that you had with your sister mm -hmm. the whole thing i could think about too was just sort of like you know there could be like it you know the there, there could be small inbound bits of pettiness that are could be part of any familial dynamic mm -hmm. but a bunch of that is really just like shoved down people's throats from a cultural standpoint where it's like no this isn't like the government's fault. This isn't a private institution's fault. This mm -hmm. is your fault. Like, yes, mm -hmm. you did this. And mm -hmm. uh, what I always try to explain to people is like, it, it's not a binary in that way. It's a false premise. Like right, right now, for example, like Bill and Melinda, the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation. Like I was having this conversation with a friend. One of the things they're doing is like, Oh, well, we're going to be giving, we're giving out water. We're giving out bottled water to Flint, Michigan. And it's like, Oh, okay. Uh, cool. You're you're giving out water to this town that was uh uh specifically like ruined because of the situation, and my friend tried to pose to me the question like, well, do you want that or do you want to do what you're doing, which is like a direct sort of like fiduciary in, in influx, like you just give people money. And my answer is always like, it's C. It's it's like, sure, okay, whatever. Bill Gates gets to give plastic water bottles to people, but also. The man is a centibillionaire. He could probably pay, pay for, for the it, entire yeah. water system. system. Yeah, it's just like he. It's like fine if he wants to cosplay as like a humanitarian. Let him do that. But also, he has to pay taxes. Like yes. there is plenty of money to go around. Right. It is. I mean, I think the number is right now is that like so far over the um you know the coronavirus like period like the richest part of the uh world has gained a trillion dollars in wealth and it's just like people don't understand like how much the money that is like we really we really forget about that like like no one has any I, idea how much money that is like yeah a, a million a million dollars in hundred dollar bills can fit in a briefcase like a billion fits on like seven pallets you know stacked up like five you know high a trillion dollars is like a football field of pallets filled with $100 bills stacked 10 feet tall. And I looked I looked that up once. Like we 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 still we can't comprehend 
how much money that is and how these questions don't even need to be questions. They could just be solved on yeah. their own, you know, but instead people are basically saying, well, it's not my fault. I'm, I'm but a billionaire. Uh, I followed the rules. Uh, I've done this. So you guys got to look at it through this different uh, angle. And you don't get to be a billionaire by following rules, actually. I mean, that's the whole thing that I've learned through Trump and like following, you know, it's just like, cause you know, I, I listened to a lot of Trump Inc. Um, that political podcast mm -hmm. um, with WMYC. And it's just like, yeah, his whole thing is like, paying people to dupe the it, it it is this like culture thing cultural thing of like if you're if you're poor it's your responsibility it's your mm -hmm. failure it's a moral failure and if you're rich it's because you did everything right and you've done everything legally and all this stuff and it's just not true and and i wish there was this this like shift in like it's your moral duty to pay taxes. Like that's what makes you a good person. Mm -hmm. Not by like being rich, but by like paying your taxes and funding. Sh I don't know, but sorry, you were going to say something, David. I mean, I just think it's like, I'm really happy to hear that you found a nonprofit financial advisor that like helped you sort this stuff out. But like a lot of the rhetoric in the financial sector is we need more investor education. We need people to be, to like learn more. But that to me, is the exact same thing as like the carbon footprint mm -hmm. discourse, which is like the individual yeah. needs to solve it for themselves and learn these tools. And I'm not saying that Millie, like you learning these tools wasn't helpful. It sounds like it was incredibly helpful, but that's a registered investment advisor whose job it is to help people. You don't go to a lawyer and say, okay, well I also need to like have my own legal education while I'm talking to this lawyer. Your lawyer owes you a duty. That's their job is to be smart in the law. And a financial advisor, their duty is to do their job and make sure. They're, sort supposed, they're supposed they're supposed duty. Right. And, and people yeah, don't I, even know that. Like like some people don't realize that there's like a difference between a, a salesperson, a broker dealer and a, an investment advisor who's supposed to help with these things that like Millie's going through, or like any of us can be going through. And it, it's crazy that they it still gets passed along as like actually you need to be doing investment education i feel like i i i i hear both i kind of feel like it's c i feel like you know that just to like reference danny's point it's just yeah. like on one end yeah the system is fucked and like i hate that people are like oh the poverty like the the solution of poverty like if you're poor it's just, you need to know like more financial like like you're saying investment but at the same time i'm like no but we also like if we're not going to be regulating these fucking companies then yeah we need like it is important for people to know like don't take out payday yeah. advanced loans yep. and don't and like prioritize this over that and like here's a long-term way or like here's like this thing that costs three dollars three dollars a month that will help you save that you're not even noticing that it's saving for money for stuff like that like, but it's harder to, you know, it's more expensive to be poor and it's harder to save right. when you don't have much. But right. at the same time, I'm like, we do need like, like, we do need some kind of financial education of like, yeah, don't get the credit card in the dominoes or this is what credit <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is what you can do with credit. Also, this is credit what, doesn't you know, exist outside, like credit scores don't exist outside the United States. They don't. Yeah. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, I, no, I mean, you're it, absolutely right. Like, people need, like, there are, like, 
the harm reduction is a thing that needs mm-hmm. to happen. And learning mm-hmm. these basic things of like, don't go to a payday lender is, uh, this is like, this is a fact that people should know. I'm not saying that people shouldn't know it. I'm just saying that like, it's so fucked up that it ha- the onus has to be on working class people to fend for themselves. Yeah, it it is really, <laughs> I mean, if you take it to its extreme, it's one of those things where like uh, uh, under under capitalism uh, or a truly capitalist system, you're 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 there might be a store that's just called like poison store get your poison here don't do anything bad with the poison don't kill <laughs> don't kill your enemies with the poison but poison store and like some people honestly just might be in a position where they're like well, i don't know maybe the poison's not that poisonous <laughs> but it's just sort of like no we don't need a poison store yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. no it's like yes I mean, look, I'll be the, look, it's weird. It's cause like, uh, it's, it's like shit is different in different places. And like, if you're not used to it, it could be weird and it could be really easy to get on people. Like I didn't live in New York, uh, until 2015. And like, you know, I came from the Pacific Northwest and w- it was so strange. Cause when I would see like water, uh, when I would see uh fire hydrants open during the summer, I would always be like, why are people wasting water? Why are people wasting water? You know? But then in the back of my head, I would be like, oh, but like, like computer chip companies use like hundreds of millions of gallons of wa- of potable water every day. And uh, it's like, but, and they're the main uses of water. And if you really want to, like I said, sort of do a, a third option there, it's it's like, it's not bad for both huge, intense companies to stop and like you know not do as much harm as they're doing and it's probably okay for people who have less means to you know manage that well at least but it should be proportional at the yeah. very at the very least you know yeah. uh it's the only way that i get by with my taxes and financial stuff is basically by cosplaying as a, a, a rich person like i hell yeah I only have 1099 miscellaneouses coming in for my income. So when it's like when I do my taxes and stuff, you, I have a ton of expenses. That's the mm-hmm. only way I get by. And it's just because I've figured it out. But I could totally see like, you know, like one of those guys who are like uh, who all the all the e-bike delivery guys who are like uh, out on the bike, like 12, yeah. 14 hours a day. It's like. I'm willing to bet that like not every one of those dudes is like keeping exact totals of their shit and they just get caught in a loop that honestly, it's probably not like their fault that they got. It's like, you shouldn't, me and David are freaks for wanting to to know the arcane, you know, things about, uh, about finance shit. It it should be, it should be something where you're not punished for Mm -hmm. not knowing about it. You're just gently reminded like, Oh, we're not going to punish you. Here's something you could do. And again, this is all if you want to play the capitalism game behind it, you know. So yeah. I, w- I want to um, quickly do a follow up on what's going on with Wells Fargo because they got a new CEO and he's made a lot, a lot of big changes like in the top level, like because a lot of the executives are criminally indicted for their sales practice charges. They also recently sold their private student loan business, Millie. So your private student loans are now owned by two you know, multi-billion dollar asset management firms. One is called Blackstone and the other is called Apollo Global Management. 
Uh, these are just some of the biggest like private equity and private debt owners in the world, and not good guys. Like they don't. <laughs> it, 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 it's like that. That's that he's shedding his stuff because they're trying to focus on just some of their other business and you know. But it, it's Blackstone is their core business model is private equity, which is kind of like vulture capitalism for corporate America. But then they're also riding on top of that credit. And so credit is just this like, that's that's anyone who has student loan debt is now being owned by that. Mm -hmm. And I don't even, do, I, I'm actually kind of curious about this. Did you get a notification that from Wells Fargo that? Nope. Yeah. No, yeah. they fucking suck. And you know what's crazy? <clears throat> Which like, this is what I'm thinking of, like, um, is that, like, let's say, which could be possible, I mean, who knows with, with entertainment and comedy, let's say I get a fat-ass check for $50,000, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And I pay, if I, you know, and what right now on Wells Fargo, which is, this is the crazy part, because it's, like, variable interest, and they change it every day, and interest accrues daily, you know? Um... If I pay the amount, which right now it's not longer 17, it's like 15, whatever. Yeah. Um, if I pay that amount, like $15,000 is what they say, that's not, I still won't have paid it off because <laughs> yeah. the real yeah. number is like whatever they say, you know, they can just say whatever real number they it is. Just say whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. So that that's the shit that gets me. And like, yeah, they're not fucking saying, you know, and yeah, they haven't said shit. They fucking... Oh God, it's just so frustrating, and I mean, this it's is just why generation is, of people, yeah. This is why usury is like in uh, in, in, the, in Dante's Inferno. Like this is this is usury. It's like it's like in the Bible that this. Sorry, there's a dog in the back in, in the background. No, uh, it's not a dog. It's David's idiot dog my, that has 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 proceeded to interrupt every podcast every podcast episode my puppy is interrupting shit um oh but um what is usury usury is uh, a biblical term it, it's a it's it, it's overly high interest rates it is really yeah it's yeah. It, it's a sin in the bible it is a sin in dante's inferno this is like one of the many things that you know creditors lenders are you know, accused of this is uh, something that my people are unfairly portrayed as, uh, <laughs> you know, but that, no, I mean, it really is. I mean, this is, this is a, it, it's what's fascinating to just explore this stuff is people just don't realize that this is just as sinful and has been treated in the world as just as sinful as rape and murder. Mm. You know, it's in that realm because Wells Fargo holds this over you and they have their econometric, you know, weird quantitative analysis, these weird metrics that determine what your daily interest rate is going to be from time to time. But really, this is an arbitrary configuration. There's no yeah. real way that, that this is, it's very subjective. There's no provable methodology that says Millie is deserving of 10.5 today, 9.5 yesterday. And then you did had, you, you, called them out on social media and they reduced it by 0.5%. I mean, yeah. what was it about that? How did your call out reduce their quantitative easing or whatever of your no, yeah, man, interest rates? No, man, fuck them. That's exactly. 
Like there's yeah. there's no that's why no that's how you know it's it. bullshit. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so if you can put do it by point five because I called you guys predatory assholes, why don't you just get put to it two percent, you fucking pieces of shit? Yeah. What if you had more followers? Would it go away? Like that's what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. That's the fucking qualitative uh are you know numbers is like okay well this girl has some followers so we're only going to give her 0.5 but had i had a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand yeah. or god for you know five hundred thousand i know my shit would have gotten to fucking they would have done two percent or three percent and like sounds small but that you know that's a fucking huge difference it's so stupid you should have like dm chrissy yeah, yeah. teigen or something like that you know like, i was you know. just gonna say like <laughs> it, 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 it's like we're in such a weird time that if that shit happens to fall across the timeline of somebody with like real swing on those things it could dramatically change things yeah. and i what, know i'm like can somebody take pity on me and like <laughs> go fund me or can some rich person just be like hey don't worry about this anymore. I mean, that's a fantasy, but yeah. God what, damn, what, what, David, does your dad need a blowjob? What's going on? What David, what David was saying. Does too, he like about- scratches on his back? Cause honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Now, nah, do do what David, what David was saying about how people perceive finance is incredibly true. Like uh, we in the last fifty years, I would say, have way less demonized what these people do to everybody else around them like david you're gonna have to correct me if i'm wrong but like didn't they get rid of debtors prison in like the 1700s in yeah. the united states i mean I, yeah. don't know if, I don't know if it was the 1700s but we have not had debtor prisons for a very long time De- abolish yeah, debtors the prison. police open debtors prisons bitch. <laughs> yeah 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 debtors debtors prisons were abolished before slavery it's like we looked at that and we're just sort of like, well, oh, this is, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the reason why is because everyone realized, oh, well, I'm never going to get my money back if they're just sitting in prison. And so it was the Ooh, cynical, yeah. the cynical thing it, it, is, is that explanation, not that they. That's oh, like, debtors is if you owe money, you go to prison. Right. Yeah. If yeah. You owe yeah, too yeah. Much oh, money. I thought it was if you are too predatory. Oh, no, come on, come oh, on. No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. No, but no, it was no. abolished, so that's why I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. No, but now the, the last time there were debtors prison where people who owed debt like went to prison, Benjamin Franklin was alive. That was that that's how long ago that happened, essentially. But I feel like I feel like that's still kinda I don't know. Like, a creditor's prison is just communism. That's just the only good. like Let's yeah. Fucking do that. That's the only way to get like a lender to go to prison. It, it, it's always good to see and hear about these first person perspectives about what people have gone through because it really does get lost in the wash when yeah. you have pundits on, you know, large news networks talking about, well, uh, you know, I think people should actually be very excited that uh, President-elect Joe Biden will be getting rid of $10,000 because that's more than $50,000 or, or that's even though it's a not $50,000. Yeah, of, of federal student loans, you know, that's it's still something. And we really are. We've been desensitized to where we're not allowed to put a face to what like actual human suffering looks like. Right. And yeah, what you've gone through is like fucking human suffering. And, <laughs> and, and what's amazing is like we talk about like, oh, well, canceling all student federal student debt would be bad for the economy. But Wall Street is doing great. They're right doing now. fine. Like, well, like <laughs> yeah. there, there is zero, there are zero problems with like the investor class of this country right now. 
anyone who can like work via Zoom, basically, right? And financially speaking, you know, I mean, there's other problems, of course, but like uh, that canceling student debt, there's no real. I was like, oh, the deficit would just go crazy. Like, what would that? To whom would that be owed? Like, mm. there the Treasury Department giving the money to the Commerce to the Department of Education and then back to the Treasury Department. These are things that are, there's no, there's, it's an arbitrary distinction between those things. This money would just go straight into anyone with student loans. Like all of a sudden you'd be like, mm-hmm. oh wow, I don't ever have to pay my student loans anymore. Now I can actually contribute to the economy in a productive way. I, my salary effectively just went up three, an extra $350 a month. And yeah. now I can actually use that money to, I don't know, maybe buy a house or maybe like, you know, Start or a fucking buy... sketch comedy show or whatever, like yeah. do something, you know. Or yeah, I could work part time at a whatever the fuck job, and then pay get by, and then like not have to fucking, not have to work some stupid ass job where they have a performance review where they're like, we feel like you don't care about sleep apnea. It's like, fuck <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Wait, what, what do you you might want to? I mean, like, I don't guess I feel passionate about it. <laughs> that was literally a performance review and it was the day that I found out I didn't get this late night job that I really wanted uh, and I was just in the staircase like crying my eyes out and then I go and I like pull myself together to go to this performance review for this like stupid job that I took just to the sole purpose of that job was because I was eating shit and 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 my credit was bad and all this stuff so I was like okay I will take this job and do it for a year and just pay off all my credit card and get good, get in a good standing and pay, you know, pay student loans and, and all this stuff. And then I go to this performance review and they're like, Millie, we feel like you don't really care about sleep apnea. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm like, t- you can't, I, you can't, I, I can't laugh. You, you can't no. laugh at that. You like at them, but I'm just like, oh, no, what? I of it's course like, I care about sleep apnea. My my dad is sleep apnea. He they're, oh they're he only, does no 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 because no. that's serious yeah. <laughs> dude. I'm like it's the a only pe- the only thing who the only people who care about sleep apnea are a people who have a significant other who has sleep apnea right or b me a r- person who had a roommate at one point in time that had sleep apnea because I'm telling you fucking my friend my friend Craig my old Portland roommate it sounded like he was dying every night <laughs> no yeah he needs he needs a, i mean it's a serious issue like you know oh, yeah. and, and it's, that's, it's a serious issue we all should yeah. care you know and even that i mean <laughs> even that's a deep dark hole because really what i why i used to do marketing for these mouth guards like it, it's literally like a retainer that you would put because most people get a machine but you just put a retainer that helps mm-hmm. you breathe better oh, and it yeah. stops all this snoring and stuff but because of our fucking healthcare system, it's impossible for anybody because you have to go through like two different sleep doctors and a dentist to get this. It's so shitty. All right, All right. we are not going to get anyway. Into sorry, the healthcare sector we're not going to go to oh, yeah healthcare. Get- but I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that 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 I had to work dumb jobs to pay off these student loans, dude. Mm-hmm. Dude, can, uh, I I have very, one very quick thing. Did you ever did you ever get a chance to have you ever read any comedians books like a famous comedians books or anything like yeah. that? Yeah. I read um uh Tina Fey's. I've read Amy Poehler's that was the worst book ever. 
And I've Dude, read. Oh my god, the Amy Poehler one. That's the what I was gonna bring up. Oh, the, Kathy okay. Griffin's is great, but oh, the Amy Amy Poehler. There is a, and this is talking about rich people, kind of, and, and and whatever. But like, there is a section of Amy Poehler's comedy biography or whatever where she specifically talks about. Hmm. When I was thirty-five or forty, I kind of found out that I had sleep apnea, and she's she dedicates an entire chapter how she did a sleep study, for like or or two sleep studies, and both of the doctors were just sort of like, uh, yeah, this is uh really bad. You have terrible sleep apnea, and then at the end of the chapter, her whole thing was like, and I just decided not to get a CPAP machine. I just didn't want to, and I'm just sort of like, what? <laughs> like, like you had all everything was it was right there. She got the and dental guards. She got the she got the mouth. Yeah, no, she, she got the dental guards. She got it. It's better because the CPAP. But um, <laughs> the CPAP is, is 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 it's it's tough. It's a so, rough thing. But I will say, um, yeah, her book sucks. Her book fucking sucks. Worst book ever. Because she talks about <laughs> like you know not that fine she doesn't want to talk about her divorce to Will Arnett which is the whole reason why I fucking bought that book in the first place because I just wanted to get the tea whatever fine you don't want to talk about your divorce talk about starting a comedy school talk about other curriculum talk about something else besides a fucking chapter of sleep apnea you dumb bitch anyway I know uh, David's been trying to close this fucking podcast for the longest time so I'm gonna let him have that. <laughs> David, you're gonna close the I podcast hear about by UC- telling us. I want to hear about UCB got closed, got got founded as well. Uh, not- if I could, if I could look into the finances of that, oh, I would love to see those numbers. Okay, <laughs> so if we want to talk about financial scams, uh, we really need to talk about UCB sometime. Boy, I mean, you, know, oh, you should get boy. Seth Simons on your podcast and talk about it. Who? Wait, wait, say, who? Say again. Seth, you know the the comedy journalism guy. Oh, that yeah. guy. Dude, I'm telling you, if there's anybody listening right now, any if there are any comedic whistleblowers out there who's gotten a look at at the at the UCB book, he has send it to me and you don't David. you don't you don't no, but you don't see his like newsletters. He goes know. no, he's like broken down their PPP loans. He found that they gave a two hundred thousand dollar loan to one of the four the UCB four so that he could buy a house, and like in that time, um. Like basically he was like, they gave this $200,000 loan. They weren't paying all these people. They lost the UCB East theater. They could have kept that theater. They could have done so much shit with this $200,000 and they gave it to this motherfucker for a loan. They got a million dollars in PPP loans and fired everybody. Oh my. You guys really should get set side. David, David, we're, we're talking. Yeah. David, we're talking. I have his email if you want. Yeah, sure. Oh, oh, absolutely. Oh, ab- yeah, dude. Oh, that's ooh, that's so juicy. I, I want to. Yeah, that's I mean, absolutely up our alley. I used to. I used to be a quote intern at Broadway Comedy Club. Um, if you want to talk about like better bit, <laughs> like straight up like fraud, like uh of customers and like labor exploitation. Um, boy, that is quite the institution for that. We're like but, fucking like twelve dollars for a Corona there. Like that place sucks. Yo. I got stories. I got stories. I'm uh, sure you do. I want to. Okay. So I want to just close this out and just say like where we're at in the federal st- student loan debt from June, 2020. Uh, it looks like total federal student loan borrower to- total outstanding federal student loan debt is $1.54 trillion. It's going to be a T. I knew it was going to be a trillion. <laughs> and total outstanding private student loan debt, 131 Point eight one billion, so a lot less, but still nothing to, you know, nothing to call it whatever. It's still a lot. Um, yeah. 
there are the percentage of outstanding private loan balance that's in deferments, 20%. Percentage of outstanding private loan in forbearance, 5.6. Percentage of private loans in repayment, 90 plus days past due is about 1%. Uh, so that is all coming down to, then there's also things like, you know, how much of this is coming from public schools, private schools, private for-profit. Millie, one thing I wanted to ask you about, was your school a non-for-profit school or a for-profit school? I don't know. Okay. If it's a for-profit, yeah. Because Betsy DeVos was very well connected to the for-profit school industry. And it wasn't like a DeVry or anything, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure whether DeVry is necessarily non-for-profit or for-profit, but like, University of Phoenix, I know, is like the most famous for yeah, profit. Yeah, for profit. Yeah, no, it's not like that. Yeah, or uh, or Trump University, for that matter. That's a that was a for yeah. Rip, rip. Yeah. Uh. So, anyways, all that's to say, this is just a huge like chunk of money that is um that's affecting all of us. I don't know. Ponzi scream. That was it. That's the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> Ponzi <laughs> scream. So, David, David we're like- gonna end the podcast with telling us how to find your dad. <laughs> yeah, you can follow, you can find follow my da- your dad. He, he's a what app is he on? He's a yeah. he's a contributor to Flex Mag. Uh, nice, nice. Yeah. What's your what's your what's your Twitter, Millie? Oh, my Twitter is um, Millie M I L L Y T A M A R E Z. Um, yeah, Twitter. My Instagram is Millie in Air or Millie on Fire, depending mm-hmm. on. But it's M I L L Y O N four I R E. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Follow her so she can get her follower count up. And that way she has more leverage over her creditors. And upcoming yeah. student That's, loan Isn't that so sad? Isn't that so sad? Oh, yeah. God damn. Follow, follow Millie so she has more leverage over David's father. Yeah. <laughs> get his back scratch, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank- well, thanks for having me, y'all. Thank you. Of Take course. care. Of course. Yeah, all right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.